Hello, and you are listening to Love in the Time of with me, Kate Checker. I am back in my airing cupboard. <laughs> I get in my airing cupboard every week to record an intro. I hope you've had a lovely week. I have had... I don't know, I'm just not feeling productive of late. I've had some cool writing things. I'm not entirely sure. I'm meant to be a writer. Um, In exciting news for people in Berlin who like me, I'm coming back, baby! Um, (laughs) What a niche way of saying that. Yes, I am heading back uh, August day after my birthday. If you're a real friend, you'll know when that is. It's fine. I don't actually judge my friends on being able to remember when my birthday is. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's, I think it's going to be good. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens when I get back. So last week we did Shame Lips Meets Love in the Time Of with Fifi. Uh, Shame Lips being the name I was going to call my sex podcast, um, which I will call my sex podcast when I finally get it off the ground and running. And I thought we would do another thing like that this week where I would showcase an episode from that podcast with my awesome friend Lexi Dark. It's more sex stuff and about sex work and People need to stand up and support sex workers. They do a fucking good job. <laughs> That's funny, I swore at that moment. Anywho, um, yeah, I thought I'd play another one of those episodes. I'm sort of hijacking one of my podcasts with my other podcast. But let's see how we go with this for a while. I'm Mainly what has happened is I wanted to do something actually about internet friends, which I'm still hoping... That I might get done for next week. But. I'm getting. I think I've just been a bit tired. And a bit uninspired. And I think that's going to change from next week on. Because the sun is going to move into my sign of Leo. And out of cancer. And it's this whole watery crab. Cancery atmosphere. That is making me. I think snoozy basically. Really fucking snoozy. Um. How are you all doing? Are any of you snoozy? Have you been snoozing? What's happening? Oh, the other thing I wanted to do was like explore more kind of romantic love, kind of go back to a kind of traditional understanding of what we think love is. And then I thought about interviewing my mother, because she's hilarious, or I think she's quite funny. But I didn't know about it, or what I felt about it. Yeah, those are just some topics. I, I'm just thinking out loud here about some things that I wanted to explore. I'm just not sure I'm ready for dating yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks. We'll see. I love to have a real long time off between dating people. Gives me some time to recover. Um, I fall in love easily. And I get my feelings hurt very easily. Um, No, let's not start saying I can't sing at all. And so it would be really um, unpleasurable for all of you guys to listen to me sing and it would be embarrassing when I'd have to listen back to this um yeah I'm excited to go back to Berlin I hope you were all excited to make some kind of post lockdown plans because apparently lockdown isn't like over right I don't know apparently they're channeling 
money into our national health service. Um, 3.5 billion or something in preparation for the second wave. Um, so, I don't know. I always am suspicious. I think there's some deals going on. I think people are making money off this. I don't think. I know people are making money off this. That's how gross capitalism is. Is the revolution coming? I hope so. I think it's coming. Mm, we've already kind of started it, but I think it's really going to start like pushing in December. It's when I'm putting my bets on for that. And I'm quite, sometimes I'm quite a good fortune teller, so I think we should, I should start like noting down my important thoughts. Anyway, this has been a really rambly weird introduction. Enjoy this episode of Shame Lips that I have parceled into Love in the Time. Have a lovely week. Speak to you all soon. Hey, and welcome to Shame Lips, a podcast all about sex and sexuality recorded in Berlin by me, Kate. If you meet people, you're like, literally like, who raised you? Yes. Like, what? <laughs> right? What's going on here? Wait, we... And my co-host, Julia. We actually went for this pizza date last night. So we started, we've been really like soft. I think we started hugging each other. Why Shame Lips? Well, apart from being the German word for labia, mm-hmm, we wanted to talk about sex in a way that removes the stigma of shame. In other words, we want to be completely shameless. In this episode, we chat to one Miss Lexi Dark, dominatrix, sex worker, and Kit Kat Club regular, about her spontaneous decision to move to Berlin at 40 and reclaim her sex life. Needless to say, this podcast contains adult themes and content of a sexual nature. I mean, I... Um... I'm flattered that you want to talk to me because I am very not white. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, yeah, this, if you had told me a year ago that I would be living in Berlin and doing sex work, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Completely. Just a year ago. A year ago. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, know, right? Yeah. I mean, a year ago, like I had attempted to kind of halfway move to London and I got detained in the airport with my son like they would not they denied me entry into London and so um because I quit my job and went on vacation they didn't like that (laughs) and so um I got sent back I went home like was terribly terribly depressed um and like just didn't know what to do so I started therapy and I uh had a date. I had a guy that I had been talking to that lived in Switzerland mm-hmm. and was like, come out and see me. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? Mm-hmm. What was I doing? So <laughs> what? we decided that we were going to go to a place neither one of us had been, which was Berlin. Oh. Right? Oh. And so um, I'm really, I'm not going to say cheap, but I'm always looking for the most cost effective thing. Right? Yeah. And so when I saw how much it was for me to fly directly to Berlin, I was like, okay, we can do better than this. And I ended up coming to Europe for 11 days um, without my children, because I have two of them. And um, I went to Copenhagen, Madrid, Berlin, and Rome, right? Wow. By myself, solo travel, right? Wow. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. And I met this guy here in Berlin for six days. Um, well, I was here for six days. He was only here for like two and a half. Yeah. And while I was here, I was like, I'm never living anywhere else. So <laughs> it was crazy. You were like, this is my place. This is my place. Like, I had never ever in my life felt like a city wanted me to be here yeah i realized now that the city i was in long beach was like telling me to go it was like okay like girl you can't afford your rent you can't do like you nothing's working out for you like 
it's okay to go. And yeah. I was like, okay. But I was like holding on to that energy. Yeah. Like, like I need to be here. But mm, as soon as I left, it was like effortless. Like Berlin is just like effortless to me. Um, oh, and I even even tell you the best part. So on my way to coming to Berlin, um, I mean to Europe, I was dropping my older son off at college. Like he always, I was just dropping him off at his, at his dorm room. Um, and so um, got into a car accident where this delivery truck turned into me. Now he didn't total my car, but he certainly messed it up. Like where enough where it was like a problem to drive. And so um, I go back to my friend's house where I had been staying and I was like, okay, this is like not like I'm not supposed to go to Europe. Like this is like the sign. And he was like, well, let me know what you want to do. And I'm like freaking out because I have like maybe two hours to get ready to go to the airport. Right. And so I call my most pragmatic friend and I'm like, I just had this car accident. I don't know what to do. And she was like. You might as well go. She was like, you're not going to have a car for 10 days anyway. And yeah. you paid for everything. And I was like, okay, true. However, but I was like, this is like the universe. I can stay your ass at home. Yeah. Right. But anyway, I didn't. Came here, fell in love yeah. with Berlin, not the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very important to clarify. Right, yes. right. He and I are still friends. Good. Yeah. And so... um I call um I I come here I fall in love and I thought I was gonna fall in love with Rome mm-hmm. Rome's all right meh <laughs> <laughs> that place uh, is fine right <laughs> but, history <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm here in Berlin and I'm riding the U-Bahn it's May and like um I'm a pretty dark skin African American woman mm-hmm. super fucking cute by the way yeah you are <laughs> thank, you. thank you thank you and so I kept getting stared at on the U-Bahn everywhere right and I'm like these these German men what's going on I was like <laughs> I was like I'm gonna move here and be a dominatrix <laughs> right this is why I said in May and so I go back home I tell my everybody I'm like I'm gonna move to Berlin and become a dominatrix and they're like yeah right so I told you about this car accident. So I'm talking to my friend Kelly Curry on the phone. I was like, you know what, Kelly? Um, if the insurance company um, gives me a settlement instead of um, fixing my car, I'm going to take the money and I'm going to move to Berlin. And within a minute, my phone was beeping and it was the insurance company offering me a settlement. And it's like the whole universe telling you. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, done. Done. Mm-hmm. So like a, like maybe like three weeks later, within the next three weeks, like, like we signed the paperwork and I got my check and I paid off all my bills in California, except for like one. And don't come at me. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I moved to Berlin. I picked up my youngest son and I came here and started doing sex work immediately. Like yeah. I had like, while I was here the first time message somebody and I was like I want to be here and do domino work and they were yeah. like come back when you come back yeah so here I am it's amazing yeah it is yeah yes. and I really feel like yeah being like a dom in Berlin there is like definitely a lot of emotional oppression that like you pick the right <laughs> crowd I feel yes, like yes. yes there are a lot of Germans with a lot of emotional repression that maybe needs to be. Yes. Now, this may not be the place to like make your millions off of being a domino, but <laughs> it's certainly a good place to get your training, make your bones, and yeah. then like then travel the world and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially then, I feel it's like yeah. a big step. Oh, it was a big step, but it, it was all a big step. 
you yeah, know that is like true. you know um so i'm 40 i had turned 40 right um right after i came here the first time um i had um just gotten my divorce had been final for maybe a year mm-hmm. um i had my older son like graduate and go to college like there was a whole bunch of life changes going yeah, on yeah, yeah. so this to me didn't even seem that much further yeah. right it yeah, was just yeah, like yeah why the fuck not and so my best friend was like you know what if it doesn't work out great adventure yeah exactly like what's gonna happen if it doesn't work out right you're gonna be fine you're just right because it, yeah. it, because it was not working in yeah. LA anymore yeah right yeah. It, like if, yeah. if we knew one thing it was not working in yeah, LA yeah. so time to go somewhere else yeah yeah right no for sure and I had the same thing when I moved to Berlin and yeah I was like well what if it doesn't work out I was like I fly back to London the flights are like 10 euros exactly <laughs> exactly I'm gonna fly back and live there again like exactly no my uh, my sister like I was like okay so it doesn't work out and I get I was like if I get turned away at the airport guess where I'm going your house see you in a little, yeah see you in a couple hours if I have to yeah <laughs> and then you didn't show up again. no I didn't show up no and so now she's planning to come see me here so there you go very nice <laughs> yes so like I mean, yeah, uh, share what you want to share. But, like, how is the work here? How is, <laughs> how is the sex work? I enjoy it. Okay, here? so um, I maybe don't get as much domino work as I would like right now. But also, in domino work's defense, I'm a bit lazy with my advertising and all that. Like, <laughs> I'm a bit lazy with it. And I also have a fallback. I work at a club yeah. and I do some work work there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Which I enjoy actually, yeah, yeah. you know, because actually, let's be like I like the idea of falling in love. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know if this is a city to fall in love with somebody. No. Not no, particularly. Like this is a good city to have a lot of fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's kind of left me like I'm like okay, I get to go to work and have sex. I don't have to go chase anybody. You yeah. don't have to chase me. I can like <laughs> I go have sex if I yeah. meet somebody. It's yeah. super cool, super green. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like if you like having sex anyway, this is why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love sex. Yeah. <laughs> but how do people find you then? Like you. Uh, working in a club, but then you also have like an own homepage. Okay, so okay, so I have a website. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm supposed to be like I have an Instagram, but like I'm lazy. And also, um, big shout out to everybody who does marketing. I used to do marketing in a former life. Um, it is tedious, and yeah. like creating, doing social media, creating content is tedious and like draining. Mm-hmm. You know, and like some, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know actually when did you start. Because they did just, um, this law came into force. Yes. force just last year, the Postitut and Schutzgesetz in yes. Germany, which was supposed to protect like right. sex workers, right. but then obviously did not. Yes. Okay, so there's some, some structure. So this goes back to what we started, why we started recording right now. So there is these offices where you can go and register. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I was telling you that I have started to work with an organization called Mm-hmm. And Hudra is an NGO, but it's like a parallel organization where it is, um, they have um, resources for sex workers, mm-hmm. right? Excuse me. So that even includes like setting you up with an accountant that is friendly to sex workers and to like the practices mm-hmm. of sex workers. So, you know, like most, it's a mostly cash business, you know, mm-hmm. so like how to manage that thing so that you can go to the Thiesen, Thiesen wants. 
you know, the tax people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. So, um, so Hudra has an, um, is an organization that, um, while it's not, um, a government organization, they get funding from, they get yeah. stipends from there. And so, um, I'm starting to work with them doing focus groups. Mm-hmm. And so my focus is, um, that I want to discover um, and to help build resources for are um, workers who um, are of color. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman of color, so um, and it's a different set. I, it's a different reality being in Berlin and being a person of color. So there's sure. that, but also about like how to create a life that is parallel to a vanilla life. I'm using air quotes when I say that, and when I say a vanilla life, I mean like someone who's not in the the scene. So like, mm-hmm. I'm using like a BDSM term for vanilla, which is you know, like someone who's not in the scene or who does sex work. Mm-hmm. So like, there's things that people who do sex work want to have. Like you want to like have an apartment. You want to be able to have credit. You want to be able to have all these things. For sure. Right. But it's more difficult to establish as someone who has, who's doing sex work because cash business. Um, yeah. And then like now this new law makes it so like you can't like do in-call services you have to like go out and you know um like um a friend and i were talking about like how it would be great to be able to purchase a flat and then like like a like a co-op of sorts Mm -hmm. for like other sex workers where we could do in-call work yeah right and it would not be a brothel just like be like we all own this apartment we all come like we just schedule time for us to do our in-call work but there's now laws about where you can do that sort of thing. So like now I'm like, okay, so now we have um, sex worker friendly accountants. Now we need to find like sex worker friendly real estate agents mm-hmm. and like locations. And like, there's all these parallel things that we want in our lives that, you know, are more difficult because we yeah do sex work. Yeah. Yes. Which is very strange to register as a sex worker while no other profession has to be registered as such and be like uh, exactly somewhere right and so they say and i've seen i've read the i've read as much as i can um about it and actually i'm going to be attending um some work groups about um english speaking for english speakers who need to know to be in compliance with this um but um supposedly no one will know your information. Like you go in there, you, you have your, you have like a meeting with like a a doctor or something. And they tell you about like the health, like, like it's about like, these are the things that you need to know. And then you have another appointment where you go in and basically you get set up with like your taxes and all that. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, those are the supposed to be the only entities that know your information. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's not like, um, like police would know your name or anything. This is what they're saying. But to me, if one organization knows, if another one could know. Um, however, I've personally made the decision to be what they call face forward. Like I put my pictures on my my website yeah. and things like that because my mother knows what I do. And if yeah. my mom knows, I really don't care who else knows. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But like others aren't as fortunate as I am. Yeah. For a lot of people, they do have to hide it. Mm-hmm. And I just had a um, conversation with someone the other day at Hudra talking about my privilege in this. And it wasn't like an accusatory conversation. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you probably don't even realize that you're privileged. And I absolutely did not, which is funny to me because I'm coming from like 
California as a black woman, like yeah. privilege. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but it's nice to come. Like she was like, okay, like well, you have other sources of income. You don't have like you don't have to walk the street. So that's one thing that you know is yeah. privilege. You know, like you're not a trans person, which is yeah. not like I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that there's a privilege in that because we all know that um, trans people receive more. I mean, like they are more at risk anyway yeah. just living their lives but yeah. then also in sex work you know um they're at so much more at risk mm-hmm. especially like being a trans person of color doing sex yeah. work there's so much you know danger like I, that's you know i know this but it's not something i consciously think about constantly no you know it's not your experience it's not my experience and so like i like it was very interesting for me to hear about this privilege that i had yeah and i was like oh okay well like let's mm-hmm. try to figure out how to like work this like like let's make this a thing where like everybody can have the same privilege like i love that i would love to like in my lifetime see where this is not a thing yeah where like you have where someone else has to worry more about their safety i don't understand why this is a thing anyway like why is it that so everyone has sex. Literally, everyone has sex. Yeah, that thing. It's like if you want, right. you don't have it, then you're a product of it. So right, exactly. You can't avoid it. There's like no. There's like IVF babies, right? Who are then asexual. They are the right, only people right, who are exactly. not a product of sex <laughs> and don't have sex. That's exactly. It. Right, but I'm sure that the you know, but before they were IV, IVF babies, their parents at least attempted to try most of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> attempted to try the, the cheaper way because it's at least ten thousand dollars to have an IVF baby. <laughs> right. So um, that's very important to me to do in my <laughs> like in my lifetime. And also, we talked about consent. Like, I have two sons, and it's very important for me to like to my consent. Yeah. And all yeah, I had like it was. I had when we had the consent talk. I think I had one, uh, one another person that was there, a friend of mine who was like, "I'm so happy to hear what you said about raising your sons." It was like it makes me so happy and like, yeah, just to know that it's like, yeah, of course there are women out there who are like, right. don't behave like this and are raising their sons like that. But it's just like half the time you do meet people who are like, literally, like who raised you? Yes. Like what? <laughs> right? What's going on here? Right. I think we, there's a Facebook group like Hoops Raised You. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my son, like, if I see you ever on this <laughs> page, Facebook page, like you and I are gonna have a problem. Right? You know, like, you know, um, I had my son when I was twenty and I like his he grew up hearing like Matthew wear condoms. So like there's that yeah. one aspect, right? But I was like also now Matthew, ask for consent. Like yeah. no means no, like Matthew, there's so many other people to have sex with. If that person says no, walk out the door. It is absolutely yes. fine. Yeah. Yes. Completely <laughs> fine, right? <laughs> Masturbation is a thing. You yeah. will not die. <laughs> you yes. will be fine. <laughs> right. And so I also have an 11 year old. And so I talked to him. I was like, okay, listen, consent is a thing. Yeah. Right. And he's like, okay. I love like, it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he is like <laughs> so far from thinking about sex, I hope. Knock on wood. Like talking about consent before, like how's that part in your work, and how do you ensure like communication and consent? And- well, yesterday is funny because this guy was just like, okay, so I told you I work in a club, and this guy just like walked up to me and like like put his hand in between my legs, and I was like, whoa, whoa yeah, man. yeah, right, right, and I was like, okay, you know that I work in a club, you know that this is kind of what you came here for, but there's other people to get it from. You could say please. I was like, yeah, I was like. It's a shame. 
And he was like, oh, yeah, bitch. And I was like, not now. Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Schweinsman Newton. Spitter. Your German is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> but I also work in an environment where I believe that, um, like, it's okay for me to do that. She's told me that before. Um, the person I work for, she's been like, yeah, like, yeah. If someone is, like, being crazy, come and talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, there's this respectful way to do it. Like, I sit there, you'll see me, I'll sit there talking to the guy for 20 minutes before I, like, figure out if I want to sleep with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, it's about fostering these, like, environments where women can't really feel safe and people can really feel safe. Sorry, I keep... I know, it's really easy to say women. Yeah, but it's like, really easy like, to make these kinds of assumptions. But, I mean, so many of the workers I know are women, and I'm not discounting, but, like, I know, like, I try to be more inclusive to say people. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for me at times. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not difficult. It's not... You haven't got into the habit yet. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it's something that it's... It's something I'm really, like, learning mm-hmm. right now to try and be as, like, respectful as possible and yes. ask people their pronouns. And, I mean, I've assumed yours because... yes. I've met you a couple of times. Right. And I've always said she, like, yeah. he, like people who see me outside of this, like my clients refer to me in goddess pronouns. Oh, that's cute. Yes. Aww. They may call me goddess, deity, things like that. Oh, okay. I, like I need new that's pronouns. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need new pronouns. Yeah. Friends giving themselves like creative pronouns. Yeah. My sister's uh, with my sister Tanzania. She speaks Swahili. And Swahili, they don't have he and she. They just have them. Really? So when I'm listening to my sister, or like when my sister's talking, sometimes she'll like misgender, just like family members of mine, like she'll refer to my mum as he or okay. like she, because it's not automatic for her that you would ah, mention the gender of the person. Interesting. Because they just have they. They That's don't gender. so interesting. And it's like, I love that the languages exist. I think Yoruba like, is also the same. Like the languages do exist, but just do not gender the language because they don't think it's important. Isn't that much funny? I, since I'm yeah. learning German, like I'm, paying more attention to how languages are structured. And I would say, like, German reminds me very much of the people. I feel like the people follow the language. Yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, I feel like German is very structured and has, like, the, all these rules, and it's very strict. <laughs> until it doesn't have to be, until it, you don't, until it doesn't want it to be, then it can be whatever, right? <laughs> Which is, like, German people. Like, like it's, like... Monday through, Monday through Friday, structured as black. And oh, then, like, yeah. these same people, you see them <laughs> on the train platform at Heine, Heine Strasse <laughs> coming out of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Kit Kat at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're not structured. And they're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so before we get, now we're talking about sex. I told <laughs> yes, my new favorite thing in the world is to listen to a German man have an orgasm. It is... <laughs> The funniest thing <laughs> in the world to me because, like, it. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I've had a lot of German ex boyfriends, but I want to hear you. Okay, so, so I was telling my friend yesterday. Okay, so I I date the, <laughs> I date a German man. We're not excuse already, but I date him, and so like he speaks in English to me. He speaks very good English, right? And so we were having sex the other day. <laughs> And in the middle of it, he just starts speaking like hardcore German, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was all good, right? I was like, okay, so like German says first language, so like we're going back, right? He's not thinking, he's out of his head, but then like he just started like. <laughs> 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 he was like, oh, yeah, 
oh yeah like normally he doesn't talk like that right but just like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yesterday and the same thing happened it was like oh yeah oh yeah and it was like, <laughs> and it was like this really deep cultural thing and it's so amazing I called my best friend and I was like this is what this is what I'm looking for this is amazing like all the time oh yeah oh yeah oh my god I've never even thought of it like that but yeah of course yeah, yeah. That's, that's on like when you need belts <laughs> switching like code switching it's come switching, come switching when yeah. they switch into their language yeah well yeah like they're going back to their regular language <laughs> their primal language and children it's a very intense language for Zach it is right right it is yeah it is but I feel like that with language it is because I do sometimes talk while having sex or say stuff mm-hmm. and then I do actually feel not comfortable saying it in German if the other person doesn't understand German <laughs> But then I remember this, like, in Latin America, like, trying to say something in Spanish, I got really confused. See, right? Okay, <laughs> right? But like, what I said was just really weird or ridiculous. So, so primal, right? So, like, I mean, like, so, like, I speak another language, too. So, like, you know, and I'm learning German. So, you, like, in the moment, and but, like, like there's some, like, times where, like, my eyes are about to, like, roll in my head because I can't remember the German word. So, like, this dude, like, was just, like, there. And I was like, okay. Yes. So, I'm doing my job right. Yeah. Yes. You're definitely doing it right. right. I don't know if we're gonna make every German man now like super terrified. No, I love they, it. No, it's like <laughs> right. no, do it more. Do it more. Yeah, I love like it. That, I like that they're not thinking. It is like it is a instinctual, like literal thing. Yes. Like, please do it one more. One German boyfriend that used to ask to me to speak. I used to say like speak in German to me in German. Like, really? Okay. Yeah, I said Yeah, but then, like, now thinking back, it was quite intense, but it would always be like, yeah, oh, I can't do it. It's like, <laughs> it was just like, like yeah, Dynamo, she is super guile. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, really? <laughs> I know, I know, right? And he was like, like he's like, uh, this other German guy that I see would be like, telling me how to say this stuff. And I'm like, what? I'm like, like, fucking it up. <laughs> so I know, sick Mick, like, you know, like, yeah, that works. But like, Mick, is that like, fuck me? Yeah. Thick Mick. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. You get on a t shirt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Just under your. Um... Kiss me where I pee necklace. Yeah. yeah. That's what my necklace is. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. My friend gave it to me. <laughs> I was it. like, this is for you. I love that so much. Because, by the way, my biggest thing that I get requested is for men to drink my piss. <gasps> that is. What you have been requested? Or the biggest thing. For like when my clients, they like to drink my, my urine. It's called champagne. Yeah. That's yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's because most people are like, oh, that's a golden shower. And I'm like, no, a golden shower is when you pee on, on them. But when yeah. you drink it in champagne. Oh. Yes. So it cracks me. <laughs> <laughs> I do not mind doing it. In fact, I have a, a special right now. It's a champagne toast where you can drink. My champagne. Well, I drink champagne. Ooh. Yeah, I have a glass. We have glasses. And is it both in glasses, though? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Oh my god, I'm sending out new things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually interesting because I think this like BDSM scene is like a lot about contributors communication as well and mm-hmm. uh, consent, which is like the basic principle I would say I would mm-hmm. think of in BDSM. Oh, I mean it's so much consent, it's right? It's to stay what you want and then to just Yes. And so um I have a couple of clients, but then I also have a couple of slaves. And that uh, do their work for me. Uh, do what I ask them to do. Excuse me. And and when you deal with them, you have to find out what their values are. Like that's for me. That's the most important thing. Yeah. What do you want from me? What you know? What are your values? How do I deal with you? Yeah. And they all want different things. Some want to be talked to terribly, terribly, and others want to be uh, want me to treat them lovingly. You know. So yeah. I I always say I'm a very loving dominant. Um, like I very nice until you cross our boundary. Like yeah. once you lay down a boundary, I'm so like quick to get you back. Like yeah. they like one will text me and be like, "Good morning," like hi, and I'm like, "You are." Is that how you address a goddess? Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, it's pretty fun. But um, there's so much consent. Like you, all you have to like you, you absolutely must honor what they want. You need to know what they want when they go in. You have to honor it. They, you need to honor safe words. Yeah. You know, like, and there's also like, you know, something's getting too intense. Let's like bring this back down. Like you honor like the color codes, like red, green, and yellow. So there's, there's that. Um, and, um, people always tend to think that because I am the dominant, that I am in control. I'm absolutely not in the control. I am giving them what they want, but they know what their boundaries are. So I yeah. have to respect that. And so if a, if a client comes to me and I don't respect their boundaries, they're not going to come back. Yeah. Right. So you, you want to do that, but you also spend a lot of time creating a, an environment of safety for them. Mm. So it's like you find out what they want. You, you can't mock, you know, like it's, so mm. there is that, you know, um, you have to find out like exactly how far you can push things. And, um, it's really a beautiful relationship that you build with a sub Mm -hmm. because, um, they trust you and it's, you grow this beautiful trust Mm -hmm. that is based on something that they don't feel that they can tell or be open with, with most other people. Like you are not their mother or anything, but you're like one of their closest confidants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And it's quite lovely. Like I I love that relationship that you build. I think that's. The BDSM community seems to have this these levels of I don't know it seems like kind of compassion or empathy or awareness mm-hmm. or whatever that I I had a recent experience like I just haven't been having sex for five months just because of like a in Berlin yes. yeah <laughs> going to sex parties going to sex parties as well and, and but I yeah I feel like you had to actively work to not have sex in Berlin for five months <laughs> I have I have had to do that. <laughs> um. No, but uh, recently, I, like well, this week, I like had a experience with a, a, a guy I met at a sex party, and then it, he's I think into the he's in into this kind of BDSM and these uh, communities, and it was like I was like so terrified because I still like had this kind mm-hmm. of weird mindset around it. But it, the first thing he said, he was like, "Okay," like got into bed, and he was like, "So what do you want?" And I was like, "I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that before." Really? <laughs> like who's ever been like, "So what do you want?" And I was like, "Okay, this is how I feel," and I was like, "I'm not down for." this, this, and this, but I kind of just want you to mm-hmm. suck on my nipples and... Right. Yeah, 
but maybe I, touch me with down that. Like I, yeah. And so, how did you feel about that experience? It was good. I still, I'm feeling a bit weird now, but I think just because it's like the first time, I've been still reading from the fact that I didn't have to like reciprocate. Okay. That it was like yeah. this person was really fine with it being like this, mm-hmm. and then it's fine. But you will find that is when you express what you want, you're more likely to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so basic. And I feel like I know that in life and I'm very good with my like relationships, right. like friendships and stuff, personal relationships with expressing what I want. But mm-hmm. This was not something I'd ever been taught. It's interesting how we don't carry that over to sex. Mm. Like, um, and like how you're different. Like I am mostly dominant in everything that I do. I choose not to be sexually dominant outside of work. Yeah. Right. So, but, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, listen, like, don't touch my ass right now. Like, you know, all these things. Um, I feel that the more that I do work in BDSM and sex work, I find that I'm more about consent and more about finding out what the other person wants and like how we can find a happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that maybe I had, wouldn't have considered, um, on the level that I consider it now a year ago. Yeah. Right. But it is also super relieving to hear from the other person what they want and what they don't want. So you also know you don't step any boundary or step any boundary. It is. It is. But also, it's... Sex is confusing at times. (laughs) And and messy. And, you know, like... Like, especially when you're first starting to sleep with someone. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know, like, what they like and this and that. But, like, I find that if you're, like, asking for consent and, like, let's talk about it really quick up front, you usually tend to have a better experience. Yeah. You know? It's not like, you know, that, like, they're, like, going to go try to, like, (laughs) like, stick their finger in your ass. You're like, no! Like, you know, like, you don't have to go do that. You're just like, listen, like, stick to these places. And it's a better experience. But I feel that 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 comes, like, and I said in the consent thing, I feel that that's something that comes with emotional maturity. Yeah. Right? And I feel that um, in the BDSM scene, that lends to itself to emotional maturity. But it can also, if you are emotionally unmature, it can lead to kind of abusive situations. But I feel um, that... Like I said, a lot of things come from experience and emotional maturity. Yeah. Um, the scene is that I, don't, I I wouldn't tell you that I'm particularly if I'm not at work into the scene. Yeah, yeah. But, That's what I was gonna say. What's what about like if you would like to talk about it? But like sex life outside of work, does it affect? <laughs> does it surprisingly? Question, yeah. I don't have a lot of sex outside of work. Yeah. No. Oh. I see the one guy and then like, um, but I don't get to see him often. He's in an open relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's Berlin. So yes, okay. It's Berlin. <laughs> he's, oh, he's in an open relationship. Right. He's, ma- he's married and like he has uh, two children and like two small children, but like he, um, his partner is aware. Like, it's not like we're sneaking around. I don't do that. Um, and like, but like he's got a job and a wife and two kids. So I don't get to see him very often, but I don't, so, yeah, I don't particularly enjoy sex with other people right now. Like, yeah. Because I actually like him. I hope he doesn't listen to this because I don't even know how much I like him. Um, <laughs> I just know if you need to edit and then get No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but um, I kind of, I was telling you earlier and my friend, my best friend, I was like, it's kind of really freeing that I know I can go to work, have my orgasms and like get on yeah. with it, right? Like I don't have to um, like, 
looking for orgasms like make you fucking crazy. You're like, I'm horny. Like, who can I go text? Yeah. You know, and like have to play that game. I don't have to play that That's game anymore. That's what we talked about last last time, kind of. No, like, yeah. <laughs> this orgasm chasing thing. Should I brought What's chasing after orgasms? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was so horny last week, and then that just became <laughs> the whole thing. I was getting so bad that I was like pressing up against a cash machine. <laughs> It was like a ledge that was like perfect height. Oh, that is hilarious. Like, oh, God. And then I was like hosting this pub quiz and I was getting super nervous and like with my co-host and I just kept saying to her, I was like, oh, maybe I'd be less nervous if I had an orgasm recently. I was like, should I just go to the bathroom now and orgasm? She's like, we're literally hosting this in five minutes. You do not have time. I mean, unless you're real good. I can be quick if I'm... I can be quick too, but I don't know I could be five minutes. I think I could be five minutes, but maybe not in the toilet of some random cafe. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just to let the owners of this cafe know I did an orgasm in the bathroom. <laughs> Please invite us back to do the pub quiz again. <laughs> I wonder if places would even be I'm like in Berlin, they probably encourage it. They'd be like, yes. For signs on the door, like, let people know if you're orgasm. Don't hold up the line too long. Mm -hmm. I actually went for this pizza date last night. So we started, we've been really like soft. I think we started hugging each other or something at Mm -hmm. this pizza place after our pizza. And then we started kissing. And then in that moment, I just felt like, oh, I feel like a little bit like very conscious of the situation. now. And then this pizza guy actually came up to us and actually asked us to leave. And that this is maybe something we shouldn't do in public places. Kissing? That's what we were thinking. Like it's in Berlin, are they mad? Oh my gosh, what are you talking about? There was us both going to KitKat regularly, going to all these places, and we're like, oh my god, that's true. There's another world out there, like where kissing is weird in public. That's so crazy because I have never seen one more interracial couples, more sex, or more kissing in public than in Berlin. You've seen, we've seen more interracial couples. You don't think London? We're not going to get talked. I oh, got yeah. put out of London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't talk about say, London. Do we want to talk about London? We don't talk about London. We don't have airports here. Right? They're so crazy. I had sex in the bathroom in Copenhagen. Yeah? In the airport, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a nice airport. So you didn't know somebody before in Copenhagen? No. Or was like a flight? It was uh, a new brand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not even from the flight I was um... (laughs) I like that story okay you want me to tell it so I was um, here in Europe for the first time second time if you include bitch ass England which we do not we do not bitch ass London anyway so (laughs) I um, uh, was in Copenhagen and I only had like seven hours there and I was in the city maybe an hour when I realized how expensive it was. And like oh, how, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, we're not going to hang out here very much longer. And so um, I came back into the airport, and I was looking for my um, flight on the board, and um, which gate to go to, and it didn't have the gate listed. And I was like, okay. So I'm standing there, and this really tall guy is like talking. Like is he Danish? Me. Oh. No. He was, um, turns out he was... Turkish Swiss. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but oh. like, just because the Danish are tall, that's why I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Hold on, hold on. We can get to a Danish story if you want. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he like talks to me, and we're you know, he's like, yeah, I'm on my way to South America. Like, I'm going MMA fighter. I'm like, interesting, right? And so he was also looking for his gay, which wasn't listed. 
So I'm got tired of standing there and I started walking more inward to the airport thinking at least I might be closer to a gate. And then like I look up and he's there and I'm like, oh, what's going on? He was like, um, I was wondering if you go to the bathroom with me. And I was like, oh, why? that is yeah. very, very straightforward. Forward. Right? And I was like, um, why? And he was like, well, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I want you to watch me pee. And I said, how Scandinavian of you? <laughs> Which is hilarious because at this point I had had a goal to kiss a boy in every city. This was my European goal. And at this point I had just literally thought I hadn't kissed a boy in Copenhagen. So, <laughs> so we uh, were trying to find a bathroom, can't find one. And there was like the family restrooms. And, but of course the family restrooms right next to the women's restrooms which have lines out the door. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, you know what? Like second or third bathroom. I was like, you know, hun, it's not in the cards. And he was like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to go this way. And of course, I passed by a men's restroom where nobody's in there. And he's like, come on. And he drives me. <laughs> he brings me into the restroom. So he actually did want me to watch him pee, which I did. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to go. And he was like, well, you can help me out here. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, this is a grower, not a shower. And I'm like... Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? And I'm like, but it was a grower, not a shower, by the way. (laughs) And my crazy ass happened to have in my carry-on bag (laughs) condoms and tampons. So there you go. Worked out. (laughs) So, and the restrooms in the Copenhagen restroom go all the way to the floor. So the doors go to the floor, so no one saw anything. Ah, yeah, that is true because you do have like the yeah the feet showing. Yeah, <laughs> no, none of that happened, and it was like not next. It was it was like a fully closed thing. It was lovely. Okay, cool. yeah. fun fact for all of you, Copenhagen. Yep, airport. airport <laughs> Restroom doors go to the floor. On the way. Up. Yep, and so like he left out before me and locked the door. And then, like, like listening to like people washing their hands and then I ran out and caught my plane nice there you go there nice you go. story thank you also a good story for being up straight forward yes right? which I appreciate yeah I love a direct man I'm tired of being the Gemini fuck oh yeah yeah like I <laughs> you're like yes no. yes that's all thing <laughs> is that a thing I think it is a thing it is I just yeah. did I just did a podcast two days ago with this guy who does the Global Seducer podcast. Oh my god, I need to Global Seducer podcast? Yes. <laughs> so he's the guy who teaches guys, like, just walk up to women, right? That's basically his... Uh, oh, okay. Right. And I'm like, don't come close. Yeah. Wait, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like, I, I, I prefer a guy to walk up to me than to message me online. <laughs> I think, yeah. sure but like i was saying like there'll be a guy like a hot ass guy on the u-bahn and he'll like i fuck the shit out of you and then get off at the next station i'm like can you give me your number yeah can you say hi or something yeah and i was saying like um i'm surprised that there's more germans that they're like more germans are produced because like nobody had like how do you have sex with a german they just i fuck you on the u-bahn like if that was a thing like there'd be billions of german babies but yeah. <laughs> yep there's songs about that, Debbie. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> yes, there are. You have to send me your playlist. Because <laughs> I don't know the songs written about that. Yeah. It's funny because we're all navigating really different kinds of relationships. 
of the moment, like especially about it, like everyone's in it. Like the guy I went to see is like in an open relationship, and he's like, "These are my rules in my open relationship. Like you don't disrespect my girlfriend." And I was like, "Of course, like that's fair. That's your relationship. I'm mm-hmm. not coming here. It's like to compete or like try and steal you." Very like. How do you feel about open relationships? Good. Okay. I think. Would you uh, want one for yourself? If I had one. Okay. And it was. I felt like fine actually okay. and worked really well. It was constant navigation, but I think relationships are constant navigation anyway. And the older I get, the more I understand about where for my boundaries lie. So they just need to learn it. Like you need to have the self-reflexivity to be able to be like, oh, this relationship I have with this person may be actually infringing on this other relationship. That's a hard thing to learn. Um, like yeah. I, like I said, I date a guy who's married and. He's the sweetest. Like, if he was not, if he was single, I'd like stuff him in my fucking pocket. <laughs> right? But he's not. And I have a tendency to get jealous. Now, I may not act on it or say anything about my jealousy, but like, I kind of like looking at like people side eyed sometimes. Um, so I love the idea of an open relationship where I can see other people, but the guy has to be monogamous to me. And I know that's not, listen, it's not. <laughs> fair or balanced but i like it but i think i could be fair i mean there is maybe people that just not jealous at all but they also do not have an interest in seeing someone else and then someone else. i'm sure like i'm sure i'm sure there's probably like seven of them in berlin <laughs> i can date all seven of them <laughs> yes. i think i wouldn't have not not have an open relationship anymore at all. I think no? in the last eight years, I've only had open relationships, like two long ones. Mm-hmm. And I think I couldn't do it again. So mm-hmm. maybe temporarily, but not. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. This is newer to me. Um, up until um, two thousand and fourteen. I had been in a monogamous relationship with my ex-husband. Like, mm-hmm. we started dating in 2000. We were together until 2014. Wow. Um, yeah, then we um, split up. And then I slept with him for two years yeah. <laughs> while we were getting divorced. As divorce. not a couple. As not a couple. Like, he had a girlfriend and, like, was still sleeping with me. But then that was always working very well. It was, so better. It was better when he had a girlfriend. Like, he was... Man... Like, I'm like, okay, you gotta go. Like, I don't want your girlfriend to find out. And it was like, it was like way hotter. Um, but he was like, we're still married. And I'm like, like, no. And so then after that, I like started dating a guy who um, he, I thought he and I were in the same situation when we were both married, but like we weren't together with their, our spouses. And nope. His wife was very invested in him. Mm. Didn't know this until later. Yeah. And then, like, for the last two years, it's just been, like, me, like, on my own, like, shrugging, dating fuckboys. So you were, like, married from, like, your really early 20s. Yeah. So I started dating my ex-husband when I was 21. Yeah. And we both had um, little kids. God, and you said babies yourself. I know, right? I have one more question, actually, um, yes. which is something I think I've been thinking of uh, about often recently like how sexuality like there's you know these big debates in feminism that sexuality and having an open sex life mm-hmm. is something empowering for women or if it's just like reproducing some patriarchal 
uh, structures, but like, would you say that for you, your sexuality and also your job is something empowering or like something political? Maybe? I would tell you that I don't consider myself a feminist, but not because it's not because I don't appreciate feminism ideals. It's because and I know this is like the thing that is in a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that feminism was created to empower women of color. Yeah, I think the dominant feminism that we have is right. not is not designed for Right. I don't feel that feminism in its current forms is created for women of power. I'm called women of power. We, get, we are women of power too. We are that, right? We will so, say that name. So yeah, like if I if I was to give myself a name, I would say I was a womanist. Yeah. Before I would say I'm a feminist. Yeah. And so um it's quite empowering for me because let me just tell you, like I always say age and experience, being 40, God damn, I love being 40. Yeah. God damn. I would never be 20 again. Mm. Ever, 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 ever. Wow. <laughs> no. And when you're 20, you're so confused and you're so, you don't know who you are. You don't have these real life experiences. You have some life experience, but maybe you haven't had a real life experience. Usually, usually there's some people out there that have had hard knock lives and had real experiences. But like when I was 20, I was just like, I was like, I really want a boyfriend. And like two months later, I was pregnant, you know, with my, my baby. And so. Um, I love like the age and experience, what experience has taught me. I love that. Like I can look back now and look at things with, with different objectives and like, just, it's so amazing. And like, I know now, like I tell my friend, my friends, like, how do I get any men I want? I was like, be direct and be willing to walk away from yeah. things. Right. And to me, that's kind of like my whole life. Right yeah. now, and I can be direct with what I want and be willing to walk away from a situation that I'm not happy with. Mm-hmm. And to me, like doing sex work is, is that in um, a nutshell, because people are direct with what they want. They say it and then you do it or you could, or you don't have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love it because like I told you, to me, it takes away that focus of like, oh, I need to go get laid because I know I'm going to get laid at some point. Like when I work at the club, I got to and I got a calendar on my schedule. Like, so I'm like, oh, I get to have sex on the 18th. Bam, you know? <laughs> so to me, it's very empowering to that where like it makes it, it, like it clears my mind. Like, and I told you I love sex. Sex clears my mind. Like, I'm terrible. Like when I'm, when I need an orgasm. Um, it's so empowering to me. And like, to me, like I told you I'm based for it. And to me, that's also empowering um, because I don't care. Like if someone knows what I do, my mom knew. And if my mom didn't like it, I'm my mom often doesn't live my life. I've told my mom to go fuck herself before. So it's okay. Yeah. I am the only one that has to live this life. Yeah. I am completely fine with how I'm living it. Um, my older son knows what I do. My youngest son knows in theory what I do. Like he knows I, I when I say the word dominant, that this would work. And I was like, do you want to talk about my work? I was like, it is adult work. But like, if you want to have a conversation about some of the stuff, about what it is, we can have a conversation. He was like, no, no. Right. But to me, like it's made it so that I am more open in all of my horizons. I'm more open sexually in every respect. It also made it so that I can be more open and free with everybody else. And like, especially with my children. Yeah. To me, like my sexuality is my work. It is like what I am, but it's also something that you should know. And it's something that we can openly talk about. It's 
absolutely it's so positive for me. I haven't had any negative experiences enough enough negative experiences for me to not do it. Mm. I love it. Cool. I wish I had done it ten years ago. I wish I had like followed my gut, mm. moved to Europe, and done this ten years ago. Mm. But things come, I guess, sometimes when things have to come. Exactly. And that was just the time now. Maybe it would have been a Maybe it probably may have been a very different ago, experience right? 10 years ago. Absolutely. But, you know, like 10 years ago, I was married, had two little children. I had like a one-year-old and a 10-year-old. And it just, no. If you told me 10 years ago, like I told you, if you told me a year ago I'd yeah, be here yeah. doing this, I wouldn't believe you. But if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have yeah. laughed in your face like you were fucking crazy mm. but this is possibly the best phase of my life yeah yeah, yeah. so is there anything you feel like you also wanted to say or no i just yeah. i thank you for having me this was a really good conversation yeah, it was really nice. yeah. anytime you record let me know i'm always willing to yeah Yay. i think we want to do one on masturbation soon <laughs> yeah do one on masturbation i feel also do something on polyamory yeah of a relationship something Nice. Yeah, that's your circle you're trying to let. I'm the one obviously not getting made so I'll do masturbation <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a couple of topics yeah right and by the way you know you can buy a vibrator on Amazon right yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not like I'm not struggling with this I don't think that you were but like it's because I told you about like, a cash machine about this yes yes thanks for listening to Shame Lips a podcast all about sex and sexuality this episode was recorded at the workshop on Forsterstrasse in Kreuzberg, Berlin. Thanks to them and to Lexi and Julia and our editor, Rihanna. Our cover art was by Shiani Valerie. Like, he just started, like... <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, normally he doesn't talk like that, right? But just like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>